2: Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on the Impact 89 FM. My name is Scott. We've got a full panel in here tonight to talk to you about sports. Exciting week wrapped up. We uh, finished up with the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. We'll talk about that. And, of course, coming up on Saturday, we have the first football game of the season. We've got a big, big discussion about some Big Ten football here coming up within the hour. I oh, might as well introduce you to my panel. Coming back again, we have Pavel joining us.
3: What's up? What's up? One week, less than a week away. College football, get excited!
2: I finally realized that today that it's it's less than a week away. So it
3: starts Thursday.
2: Yeah, technically, MSU plays on Saturday, and I realized that, and I couldn't believe it. I'm just so excited right now. And of course, I got then I got my good buddy making his first appearance on the show, Phil. How's it going?
1: It's going great. It's glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Glad to talk some football. Of course. Let's get it going. Of course. And
2: Phil's roommate, Joey, joining us. Joey and I played on the same IM basketball team a few years back. He also was a very good high school basketball player, much better than me. He he led our team. I'm not gonna lie. He <laughs> yeah, has
1: a state championship. Nah. Yeah, they're
2: both yeah. from Olivet. They they won a state championship in basketball or something way back in high school. <laughs> uh, nobody really cares. Yeah, about this. many moons yeah. ago. Not a big deal. <laughs> and then to round out our panel, we have Brandon. He's always
3: here.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. That's <laughs> it. I brought hi, him hi America. in. America. I told I told him I was like he wanted to leave and go eat dinner. I said no. You have to talk basketball. Yeah, and someone's got
4: to do it. Somebody's got to do, do it during these trying times of football. Exactly,
2: exactly. Brandon, holding on strong to that USA basketball team. He he's the only one who watched the game here. I think. I know I didn't. I did not make it.
0: I was up until I was up like thirty. Four thirty. Can't say I watched.
2: Yeah, I I wanted to. I was cheering for him in my sleep. I'm not gonna lie. And of course, we'll, we might as well start off with that, Brandon. Of course, the U.S. men's team won the gold medal. The Redeem team came through, beat Spain. What was the final score? One, I don't 117, know. Was, 106, yeah, somewhere was, around there. It was
4: like a 20-point differential, probably less. I'll get the official stats. How, how was the game? The game was great. Um, I wanted a competitive game, and this would have been the first, and it was the first competitive game that the yes, U.S. got um i mean i know they had a little bit of trouble with uh let's see was it australia and pool play angola meaning too. meaning we beat them by like 36 you know, 13 or something <laughs> like that
2: oh no that that was in uh that was prelims before the olympics started
4: yeah yeah we we didn't have any trouble and in Bay so um and so that's fine but yeah so i was I was hoping for a good game, and um, you know, of course, Spain. Aside from us, it was one eighteen to one hundred and seven. By the way, 118-107, 107 was uh, close. Spain's certainly the best team uh, besides us. They, certainly, the they most win ex- the exciting team to watch. Like I said, well, no, before, like I said last this week is what I'm saying. Okay. Before any any medal was handed out, by far, no one no one could tell me otherwise that Spain was not the second best team.
2: You you might recall that last week I said that Brandon does, in fact, like the Spain national team more than he likes the U.S. All I've heard this kid talk about for three weeks now is how great Spain is. It's
4: because they're an exciting team. Lay off me. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway. Who'd, who
2: did you cheer for down the stretch? Are you kidding me?
4: No. Who did you cheer <laughs> Scott, for? Scott, this is insulting. Who did you cheer for? The U.S. Good. This is ridiculous. And I you... shouldn't even have had to have answered that question. But you did. Anyway, so, you know, um,. Yeah, close game. Um, let's see. Jose Calderon did not play. Uh, Colangelo, I, I believe, gave a ring to the uh, the Spanish national team coach, asking to uh, protect Please his do investment. Please not hurt my player. Yeah, just signed him. Don't pull Yao Ming. He just got a new contract this year, so it's uh, understandable. That's definitely a good up and coming point guard. Um, I I certainly was most interested in watching Ricky Rubio, the 17-year-old sensation, who got the start because Calderon was out. Um, I don't see the guy shoot the ball much, but I do see some really impressive dribbling and uh, second-to-none speed coming from him, so he'll definitely be a lottery pick in a couple of years and uh, won't go on the Pistons. Uh, I can pretty much probably guarantee that. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Well, hopefully we won't have a lottery pick. What's that exciting
4: player? Not for us. Well, we'll go you, with that you said lottery pick from uh you know hopefully Dyson's,
2: hopefully so. the Pistons have a pick in the late or in the uh, late first round if yeah. you know what I mean
4: well hopefully we have the last pick exactly. exactly anyway so um but in in the clutch Juan Carlos navarro who played for Memphis last year now going back to play uh in Europe, in Europe. Um, he was making an an incredible amount of floater shots which was kind of hurting my feelings uh had me on the edge of my my sofa screaming at the tv at times because i just couldn't understand that as well as these go-ahead alley-oops to Paul gasol and all the garbage points that were picked up by mark gasol i couldn't understand why these guys were, were out rebounding us and out hustling us uh they never got the lead they never got the tie but they cut the lead down to you know four and, and two at certain points yeah and it was and then enough then kobe to... closed the door on him and then kobe finally kobe kobe stepped up, kobe stepped up. It, it, it was it, it was sad that anyone would have to step up on this team i would also like to cite uh, Darren williams with a really clutch three okay. down the stretch as well but when when the shot had to be taken it was it was kobe bean and uh he he made him and uh he scored
2: what thirteen, thirteen of his twenty in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
4: something like that. Damn. So, us, I mean, led us to the gold medal. Led us to the gold medal. You know, finally, we're back in the saddle. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I feel bad that we beat an Argentina team in the semis that didn't have Manu, and that he got had, hurt for flop, and that had we, a we discussed uh, this, and that had a. Um, a, uh, Andres Nocioni with knee tendinitis. I I kind of feel like, you know, uh, they're certainly not as good without those two players, well, but
1: of course they We sort of we sort of caught a break there players.
4: and I was a little a little concerned cuz that was a horrible tune-up for a team like Spain coming into coming into the finals, so. But it's done. It's we, done. Won. we won. Thank you. Golden Thank you coach K. Uh, so long baseball. coach K as far as uh US basketball. I don't know who's going to be who's going to be the next guy. Figure but, it out in a couple years. We'll get figure it out. out. Um and just, you know, parting notes. I don't know why Carmelo Anthony has to take 7 three-pointers in a game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was jacking up so many three-pointers, <laughs> and I just couldn't understand it. He was trying to get hot. I couldn't understand it, but uh 3 of 7. He got he got 3. That's not so. that's not too bad. Nah, I'll take okay, it. There's
2: been there's been some talk on other other shows I was listening to. There's I've heard Chuck Daly, the Legendary sure. Bad Boys Pistons coach and the original Dream Team coach. He's been on shows like Mike and Mike in the morning. They were talking. <clears throat> ask if they played right now, like both teams in their prime, the 92 original Dream Team and this Redeemed Team, who would win? The Dream Team. Dream, dream Team, by
4: uh, far. Yeah. By far? The Dream Team me, was every, every best player on that team in, in the NBA. And. And, like, n- no one's looking for defense. No one was doing that. They just buckled down as all stars. I mean, they had the top three players
1: of almost of all time. You had Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. And I mean, come on.
2: I do believe. What uh, was the other starters? Where uh, John Stockton rounded that out with yeah, either Bar- Scotty yeah, or I believe Carl- Barkley started. Oh, Barkley, yeah. Yeah,
4: Barkley. Um, I don't know but who, yeah. who matches
2: up with LeBron. I know MJ can guard LeBron or Kobe,
4: he can take one of those two. Yeah. In... Doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you look at the team with, you know, Jason Kidd and Tayshaun Prince. Not to say that they're not great at, at what they do because Jason Kidd's a terrific floor general. And Tayshaun Pl- Prince actually matched his offense with with his defense. And, you know, the the commentators had nothing but, but good things to say about him. And I completely agree. That's a, um, That might be a first
2: where I've... Or you've actually complimented him for being. No, that's the fine. Team. I
4: just, I, 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 I don't see him on the Olympic squad. But I was certainly impressed with how he's he. He's got a
2: gold medal, and
4: you. Yeah. No. He's got <laughs> a gold medal and a championship. Well, true. Soon to make that too this year. Actually, ESPN says we're sixth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, so
2: I'll, I'll agree with that. If you want to get a hold of us here and express your opinions, you can call us at four three two three eight nine three, or you can IM me. My screen name is Impact Sports Wrap. I've got it pulled up in front of me. You want to chat? We can go ahead and do that.
3: Um, yeah. You know, so, honestly, I have been kind of let down by the Olympics, the, the final you know week because. You know all the exciting events happened at the first half you know all the swimming was exactly. done uh the track and field just doesn't do it for me and the last day of events is men's water polo yeah it was it was very strange
2: last weekend i didn't i'll admit I didn't really watch i I turned it on and I
3: was like okay, I can who wants I can to watch, watch a five thousand know, meter race a marathon yeah. yeah when you know your swimming's done, your gymnastics is done the main events are done. The beach volleyball, Misty May. You know, the, those are the top three moments right there. And then the rest, you know, I didn't even know that last yesterday was the final day of the Olympics. You know, yeah. it's kinda, it kind of kind of faded out of our memory. Yes. So it did. It they should did. end stronger. They should spread out their events.
2: I think they tried to do that. The other problem that we have is we've got the American broadcast and the sports that ended. We weren't really that strong in. So of course we're not going to be focused like. Our broadcast, NBC, isn't going to show all these foreign countries, because I don't. I know the men's indoor volleyball team; they played. I think that was the only U.S. team to still be playing on that Sunday and go for the gold medal, which fantastic story there. I mentioned it last week. How great of a story that is. I I asked that people support them if they're looking for a, a U.S. squad to support. They did beat Brazil. I believe it was three sets to one. The men's the indoor volleyball team took home gold to match the gold by Dahlhauser I just, and I Rogers. I'd like to
4: congratulate the thin beast and the professor on yes. their gold medal.
2: The men's beach volleyball took home gold along with the women's beach volleyball, Misty May trainer and Kerry Walsh. They won yet again and now they're going to go start families. Trade story.
3: Have babies and then come back in 2012.
2: Exactly. And then have their kids win gold in a few years after that, probably. Okay, so um, what to you guys was your favorite moment of these Olympics? Like, if you had to narrow it down to one? Michael Phelps. Pavel goes with Michael Phelps. The, the obvious relay, choice.
3: Jason Lezak right. relay. The Jason Lezak relay. Did Jason
2: Lezak come from behind. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Phil? I like the last second, you know, touch the wall. He came from behind and just kind of screwed the hundred meter. The hundred meter bre- uh,
2: butterfly, butterfly, over and it was just Serbian like, cabbage.
1: It was like, how did he do that? I mean, that was one of the moments. It's just like he is, you know, he is yeah. way beyond anybody else in that that pool. If you asking the yourself, place. how
3: did he do that? How did Jason Lezak gain so much ground in the last fifty meters on? Oh, Lane yeah. Bernard! I mean, how did he do that? Yeah. I mean, how do you gain so much ground on you know the top swimmer in France, the world record holder in that event? It's it's ridiculous, almost unhuman. Okay, Joey,
2: your favorite.
0: I gotta say that uh, Usain Bolt in the 200 really caught me off guard. Not that he won, but that he beat Michael Johnson's world record. I mean, most people thought that Michael Johnson's world record in the 200 would never go down. I mean, that's a little, you know, that's a little out there to say that. But the fact that Usain beat Usain Bolt, excuse me, beat it is just I don't know. I just honestly could not even fathom that happening.
2: I'll have to agree with you on that. Unfortunately, I did not see him run in the 100. I was very disappointed that I didn't see that. So I was geared up and I was ready. I watched the 200. I mean, I had the TV on for about an hour waiting for that race. And he he was ahead after about five seconds and I mean it was obvious that he was going to win it was just a question of if he was going to stay strong through it and break the world record and he did I mean you could tell he could have just walked home the last ten meters probably mm-hmm. but he kept his head down and he pushed he did break it the craziest thing is he ran that into a headwind there's a wind coming at him down that stretch yeah. and it's just ridiculous to see him him do that and I, he's the fastest man in the world. Get get him on the football field. Get him some <laughs> yeah, pads. Get that 3.940 speed out there.
0: Oh, yeah. Pump ones and go. He's the fastest man in history, too. Exactly.
4: Fastest man ever. Brandon. Uh, Well, you know, we know Michael Phelps is, is head and shoulders above anyone else in swimming. I was never worried. I mean, the relay was really exciting uh, since it relied on more than just him, but any other of his races I, I sort of expected. And even when he was down, you knew he was still going to... You know, catch a second wind or, or whatnot and, and win the race. You know, Usain Bolt is, is insanely fast and he's just going to blow everyone out of the water. Um, you know, as predictable as it is, the U.S. gold in basketball was not a guarantee. Um, and so that really excited me. And uh, although I, I believe Delhaus and Rogers were favored in, in men's volleyball, I, I have watched zero men's volleyball prior to the Olympics. Okay. And for whatever reason, that really captivated me. So that was exciting for me too. Now the thing is, you you don't sound excited about Michael Phelps. And no, I the, no, I am. I mean, oh, yeah, that's that's I'm, awesome. But I, it's not that I don't sound excited. It's just that I, I expected him to be the you know right. the swimmer that he is.
2: The other thing that I didn't even think of, he with his all the relays and all his races. I think it was like twenty four races he had to swim, and with the qualifying's and everything, that's every single races was a run without. Uh, a illegal turn, an illegal start. Those relays, it's very specific on when you can dive, like when you have to be spot on when the person before you touches and you dive in. They had zero faults, zero things. You mess up once, you're DQ'd. You're done. Out of the race. And the fact that they were not only able to win all of those races, but to stay clean throughout all those, it's just ridiculous. And for Usain Bolt in that 200, the Americans took uh, silver and bronze because two men were
3: disqualified for mm-hmm. stepping
2: on the lane line. And Usain Bolt was able to just power through and wasn't even questioned.
3: And as far as swimming goes, I only counted about two disqualifications total in all the races. I don't think they are as picky as they maybe could be. I think I think a lot of it comes down to the
2: actual swimmers themselves have to file the... like a grievance so that it can be looked at because that's what happened in track I know they went back to the replays and they the other runners actually filed a complaint saying I want you to look at that look at this camera angle this foot's on the line so I think it's things like that or they do have the referees for swimming they have them standing right there I think it's also really tough to tell Mm -hmm. exactly I would love to hear what you guys, listeners out there, what your favorite moments of the Olympics were. You can call us at four three two three eight nine three. Another interesting story, this one not, not quite as good for the Americans. The softball team lost. They lost for the first time in ever since the softball. They, was they were blowing a sport. everybody on by double digits. It's the reason we that softball is no longer gonna be around. In the Olympics, because the Americans yeah, were two thousand, I have something to say about and this. And they lost three one to Japan in the gold medal match, gold medal game, and took home silver. They lost one game in round robin back in two thousand, I believe. Mm-hmm. And other than that, they had never lost in the Olympics. And I couldn't believe it. I, they threw a perfect game. I think maybe even two perfect games or at least two no hitters earlier. It's a seven inning game, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they did that. Gave up a two-run home run, I know, and it was couldn't could not generate any offense. I don't I don't really care to watch softball. No no offense to anything out there, but it's such a pitcher-dominated sport. I mean, it's if you it's a hot ridiculous. pitcher, you're gonna dominate. Exactly. It, I mean, you know. they can they can bring the ball at about seventy. And they got
3: from, that rise fastball, closer, which nobody exactly. can hit. If if you're gonna you know take out softball and baseball from the Olympics. Just make it like baseball had two years ago. Your World Baseball Classic, World Softball Classic. Give them something. Exactly. Give them the World Softball Classic and let them play and have a true champion like that. And maybe it's some sort of consolation rather than saying that's it, you're done. You know. Yeah.
1: Then wait eight years because they're talking if Chicago gets the bet it's going to come back in 2016. Right. So.
2: But who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, my bad. What's going on over there, Brandon? I don't know. I can't stand those. ESPN does that a lot. A lot oh, of sports yeah. websites have those. Yep,
2: the video that pops up out of nowhere. Good work. Yeah. Another <laughs> another good story for the U.S. women. The soccer team was able to get some redemption, win the gold medal over Brazil. One zip scored an extra time. And with four minutes left, they scored to win the gold. They have that commercial, some car commercial where they yell in Brazilian, or Portuguese, excuse me that <laughs> they want to rematch. Get Sorry. That's yeah. two wins.
3: That's two wins in the actual tournament, the medal tournament, that they won an extra time. They won on a beautiful header. I think did they beat Canada or somebody. They won on a header an extra time, and they won the gold for the medal an extra time. So it's amazing. They're clutch.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They came through with, I think, Hope Solo back in net holding strong after the World Cup fiasco that happened there. Uh, yeah. well, and of course another women's team going nuts. The uh, the women's basketball team also won gold. And it's funny because I remember, I think it was Saturday night I was out with a buddy, we stopped by a convenience store and there was a very annoying girl who happened to be from Australia. She was in there. And I'm I'm usually a fan of accents. Not this one. She she was, she had a very thick Australian accent and it was very high pitched. She was arguing a lot that Michael Phelps was no good and Ian Thorpe's better. First, Mike and I, Phil, Phil and Joe, Ray- is, Ray- roommate, Mike, Mike's been on before. We argued with her that, you know, Michael Phelps did win eight eight gold medals in one one Olympic game, set a few world records. Kind of, kind of mentioned that. And then she said, "Oh well, Australia's better and." every other sport I gave her rugby and cricket because I mean quite frankly what is cricket exactly exactly. <laughs> and then she said no wait until tomorrow we're better at basketball she said wait she's like women's basketball we're, we're going to win and so we said and I'm sorry to to all the women's basketball fans not a whole lot of people care about women's basketball over here Needless to say, the women smoked Australia to win yet another gold. Mm-hmm. Autumn's waving her arms back there. She's telling me that we have a caller. I'll go to that right now. Hey caller, what's up? What's your name?
3: Hey, it's Adam from uh LaSalle Garden.
2: Hey, what's going on, Adam?
3: <laughs> Not much. I just have to say you guys this radio show is awesome.
2: Thanks. Uh what was your what was your favorite moment from the Olympics there, Adam? Um,
3: i to I'd have to agree with the two hundred. Uh, with the Usain Bolt breaking the world record.
2: All right, all right. What other what other sport were you watching? The U.S. team. What was your? Who were you supporting the most? What
1: was that?
2: Who were you supporting the most? And what? In, in in the Olympics.
1: In the what Olympics?
2: <laughs> Beijing. Be- Beijing, Adam.
1: Oh, um, USA.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, of course. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. All right. I'll see you later. Should I ask him if you watch cricket? I mean, I'm kind of uh, curious. Who knows? So. No, maybe,
2: maybe he was a ping pong fan. Sounds more up, up I, his. That app.
1: was, yeah, that was hardcore this year.
2: Um, I do believe uh, we actually know that caller. It's Phil's brother. Yes, it is. Sad <laughs> to say. <laughs> sorry, sorry to no, associate right. you with him, there, Phil. That's <laughs> all right. All right, we'll get one. More, I've got one more question for you guys about the Olympics before we turn to some college football. What sport, we talked about baseball and softball, no longer an Olympic sport. What sport do you guys feel
1: should be dropped? That's a tough choice. Um,
3: Anybody? Anybody? Men's field
1: hockey. I think Uh, the women should
3: do it and the men shouldn't. Because I was just watching it, the men play field hockey, and you have to crouch down because the sticks are so short. I mean, you'll develop scoliosis like that. (laughs) You get to slouch down and relax your back like that. I mean, it looks painful just to watch on TV. And I don't think men deserve, I I don't think they belong playing field hockey. I think it's a women's sport.
1: I'm not going to say that this needs to be dropped because I really didn't watch a lot. I caught a little bit was the BMX. Oh, yes. Uh, It's 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 new to the Olympics. Um, I don't really know how it went, but, you know, the BMX has its, you know, the X Games and everything. That's really popular. They have that every year. Um, that, That's every year. And, you know, this four-year, you know, BMX tournament around the world, I don't know how great the other riders are in the entire world, but, you know, it's a U.S.-dominated sport. It's started in the U.S., you know, so... You know, that could be considered if you're going to drop a sport. I would like to see baseball and softball still be in the Olympics. You know, obviously the major leaguers don't play in the baseball, but it's, you know, right. open to college and um minor and leaguers. Minor, minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would rather see those in it and, you know, take the BMX out. Not that I'm not a fan of BMX. I love watching it. You know, it's, you know it gets exciting at times, but yeah, okay. that could be considered. All right. Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Um, I personally, I'm, I don't know. I, I actually think that baseball should go, if if the top players don't play. And I mean, right now, I'm not even watching a ton of baseball in the regular season right now.
1: It's because of the Tigers. Man.
2: Well, granted, <laughs> it's either here or there. Granted, the Tigers are out. I we talked about that m- last month. I said it, and Brandon, if you will will recall, they are actually. Farther out now than they were then when no, you yelled not. at me. No. They are now ten and a half games out. When I said they were out, they were only six and a
4: half out. For sure they were like eleven and a half
2: out. I'm pretty sure you're wrong and I'm right. In fact, I know I am. But the sport that I would like to add and I think it was Mike Golick agrees with me. Not that I talked to him, but he shared the same opinion. The MMA. Mixed martial arts. We have so many different martial arts you have judo, karate kickboxing Uh, I'll take kickboxing back boxing they're Olympic sports mixed martial arts is huge right now why not why not get that in it's very international it's not just the US
1: well the thing is that's a possibility going to London too they might look to add that because it is also popular in England and Europe
0: i'm not sure about you know adding but i was uh just flicking through and uh, what's with the uh water ballet or i'm not sure synchronized that's swimming Synchronized swimming. That's i'm not sure uh how that's a sport i i will argue with that with you there
2: joey
3: i it's kind of hard it's, it's very hard they, and to stay so i mean okay in the yeah water. there's
0: things that are hard but it's not necessarily a sport i mean there's other things that you could call hard but i mean what makes it a sport Okay. Well, it's
3: just like the argument you could do is poker a real sport. Well, so. poker's not a sport. <laughs> it's gambling. Come it's on. on. It's on the
0: ESPN. It's not like I'm going to go work out at the casino. I mean, come on.
1: I know well, people who do that. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we know a couple.
2: Um, I think if you're not going to call it a sport, which I, I feel you're wrong there, those, it's very athletic what they do. I mean, they are holding themselves up, not only just treading water, but they lift people out. You're not allowed to touch the bottom of the pool in synchronized swimming. You have to be together. They perform lifts, like lift these girls up out of the water so that they can jump and do moves in the air. And there's other times where they flip upside down and have their legs up above the water. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that or anything. And they're under for a long time, all that physical activity. They've got to hold their breath. Then come up, and they can 't just gasp for air; they have to make it look good still too i give i I did watch it, and I give those ladies all the credit
0: that they deserve I, was, I have to admit i mean i didn't watch it i mean I was just kind of <laughs> flicking through I mean I saw a couple minutes of it. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it wasn't enter- entertaining to me. That's why I'm saying that. But I don't know. I just in my eyes, I just didn't see it as a sport. Okay. Maybe
2: Granted, there's. It's not competitive team versus team. It's, but yeah. I mean gymnastics. I I right. put it in that same category. So is
0: they score it the same way as far as. Yeah.
2: Yes, they do. Right. It's it's almost like uh, I probably it's just so terrible to say this, like but um, or almost like cheerleading, just in a pool, which. I put it above cheerleading, don't worry, because I do not consider cheerleading a sport. Yeah. If you want if you want to call and be angry about that or just call and <laughs> talk to us 432-3893. Um, all right. Olympics are over. The US did pretty well. They had 110 total medals to China's 100. Although China had a lot more golds. Very successful for us. Very good. It's done. We are done covering it. Time to move on to some college football. Let's go. Everybody's ready for this. Of course. Ready
4: for pro football?
1: <laughs> no. No. Wow. No, that hurts. We live in Michigan, yeah. the Detroit Lions play in our state, so you know we get That's more excited right.
4: about college football. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> okay, well, if you're, if, you're, if you're hardcore rooting on the Spartans, you might as well be hardcore rooting on the Lions, because I feel they're in the same boat.
2: Okay, well, we, we might have some time for, to get to the Lions. Right now, we have a phone call. Hey caller, what's going on? What's your name?
1: Hey, my name's Jeff.
2: What's going on, Jeff?
1: Hey, uh, you guys were just talking about MMA and the Olympics. Yes, we were. And and I really that that idea is really good, except the Olympics are, are a tournament style thing, and I'm not really sure if the fighters would would last through a tournament of MMA over two weeks. Okay. You yes. know, because the fighters get really kind of
2: up and worn That is true. I didn't even think about that. And I'm
1: not sure how that would work in a, in a two-week tournament-style thing, you know? Right. It's a great idea, but I guess from a practical standpoint, I'm not sure MMA would work.
2: I'm pretty sure back in the day, I'm not sure if it was Pride Fighting or another one, they did have big tournaments. They'd have six-man tournaments. Yeah? I remember, yeah. Because I remember seeing uh, Rampage, Quentin Rampage Jackson, he had like three fights in one day or something. Wow. Which I mean, I agree with you. I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind, but that it would be ridiculous to put them through
1: that. Well, but, I just wanted to bring that up. I didn't know, you know, not that we're here to solve
0: the world's problems right or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but we are, of course,
2: of course. Well, thank you very much sure. for your input there. Sure. Thanks, watching right. right, fantastic point he brings up. That's great that, point. That True. would be very tough. I didn't even didn't even think about that. You you take a beating. No matter what, if you win, if you go the full three rounds. And that, you're, you're going to get a little more beat up. Then, I know boxing, there's it's tournament style. The way that they have boxing, you don't get beat up nearly as much as well, you Well, they
1: wear the, the helmet, the mask, right, exactly. padding thing. So, and you know.
2: it's just not as hard hitting. So that's a fantastic point there. Now, on to college football. All right, I, I asked you guys this. I, I showed you my opinion, guys in the studio here. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. Who do you think is going to win the Heisman? Now, I'll I'll go through my list. All the listeners out there, I want you to be involved in this also. Our number here, 432-3893. Who do you think? We've got a couple of categories we're going through. We've got the Heisman. We've got the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Um, just other awards like that, who we think is going to be the top final standings in the Big Ten, things like that. I'll I'll read my list. I've got I've got five choices for the Heisman. My Heisman right here. I have, of course, number one, Tim Tebow, quarterback from Florida. Man, won it last year. He's he's the front runner right now. I mean, somebody's got to dethrone him. Granted, it's very hard to win two in a row, but he's he's in the lead right now. Number two, I have Chase Daniel, the quarterback from Missouri. Mainly, I don't I don't think he's the second best player in the nation by any means. It's just he's the quarterback of one of the top teams. If Missouri wins the Big 12, goes to a big bowl game, it'll be mostly because of him, and the quarterback on the top team always gets a ton of votes. The only problem that he has is Jeremy Macklin, his do-everything receiver, could take votes away from him. Number three, probably a little bit surprised to some people out there, but Michael Crabtree, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. He is a sophomore this year, and he broke pretty much every freshman receiving record there is in the NCAA granted it's Texas Tech all they do is throw the ball somebody's still got to catch it and so exactly. it went to him a lot four I have Beanie Wells from Ohio State I mean I as much as I love MSU I see Ohio State winning the big ten he's he's going to be the top player on that that offense I feel and then number five <clears> pains <throat> me to say it I have Mark Sanchez quarterback from USC I do not like USC. I I just don't. I <laughs> I hate when they're good for some reason. But the fact is they are. Once again, kind of like kind of like with Chase Daniel, you gotta vote for the quarterback on the top team. If they're in the top top five, he's he's probably leading the way. What are your guys' thoughts there?
3: Uh, my Heisman, I'll have Beanie Wells number one. All right. Because I think. Beanie Wells rushed for almost 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns last year. He kind of just busted onto the scene because two years ago he had about 560 rushing yards. You know, uh, He was behind Antonio Pittman, and I think Ohio State is eventually going to be the number one team and the running back. If he can put together another year like last year, he's going to be number one. I don't think Tim Tebow can do it just because he's not going to rush for another 20 rushing touchdowns this year. They're not going to let him. Plus, they got a more prolific running back. He's gonna hit more give more handoffs. They actually
2: have a running back.
3: Yeah, they actually have a running back. So he's not gonna need to rush it himself as much. He's gonna keep the ball, maybe throw it more, you know. So I, just because of that, his numbers not, might not be as high. But Team Tebow will be all around great quarterback.
2: I think Florida will also be more successful without him doing that much.
3: And Florida will be competing with Georgia in that SEC. Exactly. So it's gonna exactly. be really competitive. So number one. Beanie Wells. Number two, Chase Daniel. Like you said, quarterback of the top team. Mizzou, if they can get over that hump, try to beat Oklahoma because they cannot beat Oklahoma. Yeah. They lost to him twice. If they can get over that hump, Chase Daniel's right up there. It's going to be 1 2. And then I'd say uh, Tim Tebow because Michael Tra- Crabtree, he's going to have to catch at least like 20 touchdowns to yeah. be in that. He's, he's going it's it's so to tough have a wide receiver to have a Heisman that He's going to have, have to have to, do to be amazing. playing in the
2: return game yeah. also. And, Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So and then, you know, Mark Sanchez or whoever else, someone that we not, don't even know about right now. There's um, also no, who's not even on the radar? Javon Ringer. You know exactly, you never know. Exactly. So
2: and there's a couple couple other names here before we move on to the other guys. Um I looked through Sports Illustrated, they had their picks. Number one they have Wells, Beanie Wells, and two they have Tim Tebow. Number three, a name we didn't mention. No Mar- M- uh excuse me. No Sean Moreno. Running
3: back out of Georgia. Simply because Georgia's number one right exactly. now. Exactly. That's exactly the point that we I mean... You could just look down the top ten and say, who's number one? Exactly. Who's their best player? He's a Heisman candidate. Exactly. That's it.
2: They have... The, the last person they have on this list, number seven... Okay, well, also they have Pat White, quarterback from West Virginia. He's on there. I think with... It's his team now. It's his team, no but new, new coaching staff. New. I mean, they did do well in the bowl game, but I think they'll realize how much he needed Steve Slayton. I mean, Devine, their running back, the tiny sophomore, love the kid. He's, he's amazing. They'll do great things. But I don't think Pat White's that good. And then, like you were saying, just because he's on the top team, they have James Laranitas, the linebacker from Ohio State. They have him rounding out their list. Which, yeah, he'll, he's up there. I mean, he's a fantastic linebacker. But defensive players don't win the Heisman unless you're Charles Woodson in returning kicks. It just doesn't happen. Phil, who'd you have?
1: Well, I've got to go, like you said, I've got to go Tim Tebow at the top. I mean, he had 38 passing touchdowns last year. He had, you know, 26 whatever rushing touchdowns. Like you said, he's got a great running back this year. He's probably not going to rush his money. But the thing is, who's proven that he can get it done in goal line situations? You know, they're yeah. going to give the ball to the guy who can make the play, and that's clearly Tim Tebow on their team. Exactly. You know? My number two, I'm gonna go with Chris Beanie Wells out of Ohio State. They're just gonna run, run, run. Um, I don't think Todd Beckman is a great quarterback. You can look at the Ohio State Michigan State game last year; they could have blown inside the water. They quit running the, you know, they kind of just went to that passing game, and he can't. He's not mobile enough. So I think this year they're gonna to give to Beanie Wells every single chance they get. Mm-hmm. Number three, I do have No Sean Moreno as my number three really? Heisman. He ran for. Let's look at the numbers here. He ran for 1,300 yards last season, 14. That's also with another running back, Tim Brown, who has had 10 touchdowns, too, as well for Georgia. So that's also a fact. I think he will get more carries this year. You know, he was only a freshman last season. He was kind of, you know, in the mix at the beginning, but they didn't know what he could do. And and then I got number four, Chase Daniel, Michael Crabtree. And I think Pat White could be in the mix. Uh, You know, Noel Devine's. He's there with them this year instead of Steve Slayton. For but, Pat
2: White to be in it, they'd have to they'd have to win their conference. And the and thing is to he's gotta
1: complete game. more passes. He he's yeah. not that efficient on the passing game. You know, if you do give him some receivers and you ones that can make plays out there, you know, he can put the ball in a spot and they can, you know, somehow catch a ball, but he's not that great a passer on the run. You know, he's yeah. not a Michael Vick who can throw it sixty yards on the run. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't got that strong an arm, but he is dangerous if you give him an open spot. Yeah.
0: So you, got, you got any new names for us there? Uh, no, but I do have a different opinion as far as Pat White goes. Okay. I just think the guy is a freak of nature as far as what he does with the football. I mean, I don't know how you can argue that he's got to be the best mobile quarterback out there. I mean, he may not have the best arm, that's a granted, but I'm mean, looking here. He completed two-thirds of his passes last year. He only had four interceptions the whole year. I mean, he ran for 14 touchdowns and he passed for 14 touchdowns. I mean, if you've got a guy in the backfield like that, and as a defense, if you're looking at him going, okay, this guy's either going to throw the ball or he's going to run for 50 yards, I mean, that is just a huge psychological factor that's going to, you know, kill you in the end. And uh, But other than that, I, I kind of agree with everything, except for, uh, I don't know about Beanie Wells, because, uh, you know, people were saying that, you know, Todd Beckman isn't the greatest quarterback, and I think that may hurt him, because people are uh, just going to key on Beanie Wells when they're playing him. That's true. And so that's going to cut down his production, but I have to admit the guy is a great running back, and so I don't know how much that's going to hold him back. And uh, Tim Tebow, and the guy does everything. Bench four hundred pounds, throws the ball a mile. Uh, he's just great. So
2: <laughs> he can throw the football over mountains. Not quite. The other other one uh, worry there's Beanie Wells has had some injury problems. He's got a left ankle injury that nagged him for the first two years. Not not serious, really. And then also with Tim Tebow, he got hurt a couple times last year because mainly because he is so big and so physical. He tries to run people over. But he's he's smarter now. He's said himself that he needs, he's learned how to slide and when to slide. But the biggest injury for him is Percy Harvin. Their sophomore I don't know I think I'm gonna call him a wide receiver.
1: But he's a mix, I think. He's, he's
2: he's a wide out, but they send him in motion and give him the ball in the backfield more than they do their running backs. He's usually the fastest man on the field. And he's, I know he's a little bit banged up right now, but because he's tiny and just flies. But that's one, one thing to watch for. If they don't have that, Dim Tebow's numbers will probably go down just a little bit. Now we've got another category, like I was saying, we've got the Big Ten. Offensive Player of the Year. On this, we got some similar names here, I'm sure. Number one on my list, got Beanie Wells. Big surprise. Number two, though, Juice Williams, quarterback from Illinois. Thankfully, we don't have to play him this year. He lit us up, what was it, two years ago? Oh, 06. Just, Homecoming. just went to town, yep. And he, he led that team to the Rose Bowl last year. He and uh, their running back. Rashad Mendenhall. Mendo- 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 yes. <laughs> And then of course you got Todd Beckman. He's one of the top quarterbacks that we have. The Big Ten's got some good quarterbacks this year. Yeah, though.
3: he might not blow you away, but you know, last year you see Todd Beckman, you go to we I went to Columbus, I was there for the game and I was in the press box and you know, he makes the throws. He makes the throws, he lets his receivers, he puts it in the perfect spot for the receivers to catch it. You know, they have Brian Hartline. So he might not blow you away with his arm, but he gets the job done. Yeah. He's one of those quarterbacks who you might not
2: realize, like, he's not somebody who's going to win the game necessarily, but he's sure not going to lose it. That's For Ohio State, it seems like that's what they always have had. I mean, yeah,
1: like Craig Krenzel, you know, 0-3. Exactly, oh, exactly.
2: Troy yeah. Smith, I mean, Heisman winner, yes, but he wasn't
1: huh?
2: that great of a quarterback. He wasn't, he's a game-changing athlete.
1: Well, he had Ted Ginn, you know, exactly. on his exactly. side, too.
2: And then, let's see who I've got here. I've got uh, names to look at, of course, Javon PJ Merhill, Hill, P.J. Hill, um, those two are two right behind Beanie Wells for top running back. I think I think Ringer's got the edge on P.J. Hill. He's coming back his senior. Year. He's got that chip on his shoulder. It's his his backfield now. He knows. I mean, the coaches have just been raving about him this off season. And I would like to apologize to him. I said a couple weeks ago that I saw him fumble. It was my mistake. It was another tiny running back that we have. It was number, Andre Anderson. It was Andre Anderson. It was number twenty-seven some reason, I uh, got that mixed up. Ringer, of course, being number 23. My apologies, Javon. I know better than to think you dropped the ball. But I just wanted to get that out there. And, of course, two other quarterbacks to watch. Sports Illustrated actually picked Matt Painter, quarterback from Purdue, as the top offensive player in the Big Ten. He's He's got some great numbers. If he has a good season, he'll take out Drew Brees' records,
1: well, which is... A, Mighty feat. that is a mighty feat, but the thing is I'm you know looking back at the MSU game last year, how many times did Jonel St. Dick and Irvin Baldwin get to him in the end of the game? His line has got to be a lot better than that to make you know plays on the stretch. you know He was just hung out to dry in those last few seconds. Irvin Baldwin was just in his face mask the entire time. yeah
2: I, and I agree, I don't think Purdue is that great of a team. I, they have a they have a pretty easy record, and the running backs er, out for record, the year, the so I mean, yeah, their schedule is nice to them this year i'm I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I don't think they play all the powerhouses this year
1: I field. think we're one of their toughest games exactly. at Michigan state,
2: and then to round out the list, I always have to put him on here c j Boucher, quarterback from Northwestern, just because of what he's done to
3: us i mean he he might not perform well against everybody else, but we just have a thing. MSU just Northwestern quarterbacks just really perform and really kill us. I mean, before CJ Bas, uh, CJ Boucher, it was Brett Bazinet. On yeah. our homecoming three years ago, they knocked us off and it was ridiculous. I mean, Northwestern's got some good quarterbacks. They do, and Northwestern it's a team. They're not usually good at, as a team. Let's just they have good players though. Depending
2: on. It could be a running back or a quarterback. It seems like they've always got somebody who's going to just
3: go to town. Key game for them at Duke. Yes. Week two. <laughs> if they want to be respectable, they need to beat Duke this year. That's what I couldn't believe. When they beat
2: us two years ago, they had just lost to Duke, a team that hadn't won a game in.
1: We beat us last year. We beat, beat them in 06. Oh, that, yeah, Duke last, the greatest last, last year, year. That's right, last oh, yeah.
2: year. And Duke hadn't won a
3: game in football. In. They're like a forty-two game losing streak. Yeah,
2: I think I think it was like their forty-third game. They actually won. They beat Northwestern.
3: And they're on house too, is it? it yeah, was it Evanston? in
2: at Northwestern, and then we turn around and lose to them. I I could not believe that.
1: I don't think it's gonna happen. You play I'm up sure, to your though.
3: competition. Michigan State has done it That's, for years. That you know, that we, is could the way team State we could blow teams away. We could blow teams away, but you played to your competition. And Northwestern was playing Duke with Duke and. Northwestern you know, They're playing up to Michigan State, so high stakes game and overtime they beat us. Yeah, that's
2: true. Okay, now we're talking I've said how I don't think some teams are going to be as good as others. Where where do we think that at the end of the season? Of course, I think we can all unanimous, unanimously agree Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten, for sure. Not sure if anybody's feeling differently. I mean,
1: the thing is they have, you know, Beanie Wallace goes down. You know, that's a freak accident. That could change the whole picture for them. But right now, if they all stay healthy, it's going to be... But Ohio
3: State is so good, they've got some young... Yeah, and that's the thing. In the waiting... They probably could put
1: uh, Terrell
2: Pryor as running back. Yeah, that's the other thing to watch. I forgot to mention that. Beckman, for how good of a quarterback he is, he's not going to have to play the whole game anymore. On certain downs, like second and five, out of nowhere, they'll throw in the uh, all-star freshman... Terrell Pryor, the running threat, and go you know, Tim Tebow style. It's
3: like how they uh, like Antoine Randall L was used, you know, Pittsburgh and with Indiana, how yeah, you know, he he lined up the snap a couple of times and just ran it right from the snap.
1: Yeah. Well, I could see Terrell Pryor getting some playing time, you know, first game Youngstown State, second game Ohio, you know, I don't see him playing hardly at all against at USC. No. Um and that's the ne- and then that's
2: the key game. That
1: is the key game. Season. That you know if they win that game, I think their next toughest one honestly is if they come here. You know, we're going to be ready to play. Obviously, you know, D'Antonio, he knows that system in and out. Jim Trestle, him, and those two guys are really we good friends. Together, yeah. You know, very but I right. see, you know, I see Terrell Pryor maybe getting in four games this year. Realistically, you know, who they played on the stretch—they go at Wisconsin, they're home against Purdue, they play they do at have Michigan a very State, tough schedule. and then home against Penn State. That rivalry—that's you know—that bodes well for them. But then they go at Northwestern, at Illinois, and then home against Michigan. Well, that's that's a very tough schedule. If, if
2: they lose that game against USC they could go kind of on a downward spiral. I mean, they play on the road against Wisconsin, on the road against Illinois, on the road against us. Well, Those uh, aren't I mean, easy games, especially in the Big Ten.
1: I mean, Wisconsin could be number two in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan State, Illinois, we're in Penn State, we're all in that 3-4-5 area. You know, any of those teams could be... You know, so you're playing... I mean, three of those four teams are on the road. I just know way I should say. All four of those teams are on the road. Yeah. So I it's, mean that it's a is very tough.
3: Well, they have to be on their game the whole season. Yeah, I, I might sound like I'm playing favorites, but you, we're saying this now. They could lose. They could lose. But once they get on the field, they'll just show you how good they are on defense. How incredible they are. How you know they didn't allow a touchdown, a scoring touchdown, in how many games in a row last yeah, year? Their linebackers they're just demolished just, the they're run. They're ridiculous. They yeah. will just go on the field every week and do their job, and they'll make it look easy. They'll just roll through their schedule. And these road games, it's not going to affect them as much as we think. So they're Ohio State. They've been there before. They're in the national championship game every year, it seems like. That is true. So Jim Trussell knows how to get them up. Hopefully hopefully
2: things will change when they when the Buckeyes roll into East Lansing this year.
3: All we need to do is get the red out, because last time they were here, oh, it please, was red. Please, people
1: don't sell your season tickets, please. <laughs>
3: so we need a, a green out or a white out, because... That was ridiculous oh, yeah. two years ago. They were able
1: to get the
2: their O H I O cheer going in Spartan Stadium. It was appalling. Granted, I laughed at the irony, but it was still appalling.
1: I mean, this year, you know, I think it's going to be a different situation than it was in '06. You know, I think we're going to be a lot better situation going into that game. So, you know, season ticket holders don't feel like they have to. The,
2: yeah, they won't. Won't necessarily be as down on their team then. Hopefully. And there's a guy, uh, ESPN.com, they have a guy, he's blogging about the Big Ten, and uh, he's, I don't really like what he's been saying about State. This is the guy who said that we have the 11th best passing game in the Big Ten. Now, if you're familiar, that would be worst, that would be last place, which I do not think is true at all. He uh, interviewed Javon Ringer and said great things about him, only to turn around and put in an article, bad things about the team. But somehow he keeps flip-flopping. He thinks that Michigan State will be in the top 20 when Ohio State comes in, into East Lansing. He thinks that we'll be. He thinks we're gonna lose to Cal, and then he thinks that we're gonna go six and 0 on those next games.
3: You know, here's the concept: flip the switch. Michigan State always starts out, you know, five and 0, six and 0. They start reeling off their wins. But how about what if we lose our first game? You know, and then and we're then recover. Better in the Big Ten. You know what? You never know, because obviously every year we start out on a hot streak, and then we crash down. And we lose about three in a so row. So for a change, what if we lose this first game and then reel off the next six before Ohio State comes into town? It would be. So definitely there's a new concept. better
2: to go into a big game winning. Break out of that trend, yeah, break
3: out of that streak, you know? So you don't really need to win that first game. We don't have national championship hopes right now, you know? Everybody does. I I, I know that. But, you know, we're not looking to be the number one team. We need to put together eight or nine wins, I think that'd be a successful season.
2: Yeah. And like you said, I have, I actually have us finishing fourth in the Big Ten, in my mind, behind um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. And I have us, I think that would put us where, the
3: uh,
2: Outback? Outback, I mean, yeah. Outback down in Tampa, mainly because I want to go to Tampa. That's why I have us going there.
3: <laughs> Outback's not a bad bull. I mean, Wisconsin's played there three straight years. Exactly. And that's successful right there.
2: Yeah, that's great. Now... In the mail I came in, came into the station today and I saw that we had the mail all sorted and I looked and somehow there was mail that wasn't going to Brandon, our music director, said, uh, sports director on there. So I tore it open. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, that that's actually me. I was surprised. And I have a California Golden Bears football program. They sent it to me in the mail today. Which I also had one, I think it was last week. I got one from Wisconsin. Got their football fact book. I've yet to get anything from Michigan State. Not not to imply anything that it, it's just a little strange that other schools are sending me their programs. I don't have anything about our own. No big deal, I'm not bitter. But there's some good information in here. The Cal Golden Bears. Do you want to know how many starters they're returning uh, on no offense? Five. Four now, excuse me, four. Because Nate, no, Longshore Nate Longshore is not starting that game. <laughs> I don't know for all the fans out there, it was announced yesterday?
3: Two no, days ago. A days it was ago. a couple days ago. Day- Saturday, A couple actually. days
2: ago, yep, that Kevin Riley is going to start, their sophomore quarterback is going to get the start against us for the first game on Saturday over the senior Nate Longshore. Now, Longshore has had put up some good numbers, but last year... Lots of people think he was responsible for their decline. They started off hot. They were ranked number two in the nation. They were supposed to win their next game and take over the number one ranking. And, of course, that started, that was in the trend of where every week the number two team lost. They lost that game and lost, I think, four more in a row, possibly.
3: They finished three and six in the Pac-10. Yeah.
2: They went to a bowl game. They
3: played, we were talking about it, I think we agreed, they played Air Force. They threw three touchdowns in he actually didn't start. Longshore started the first quarter, and then he yep. was replaced. And he got hurt.
2: And Riley, okay, I've got this. This quote from them: Riley saw action in four games last year, throwing for a 563 yards, five touchdowns. And the Armed Forces Bowl, he played the final three quarters and helped the Bears erase a 21-0 deficit and route to a 42-36 victory. He was 16 of 19 passing for 269 yards and three touchdowns. He was the MVP, and he has had from what i hear just an amazing preseason he's uh very mobile and apparently very accurate also he's got a good arm i i don't know what to say about that i can't i can't imagine if we went to cousins right now instead of hoyer granted it's not quite the same
3: the only thing I would say is uh, I don't know how mobile Nate Longshore is. They're, he's they're not. Senior. He's, mo-
2: he's a pocket passer.
3: Uh, the quarterbacks that have given Michigan State trouble, mobile quarterbacks exactly. in the past. I think this might be you know a strategic move because We're Michigan State, game. our defense struggles. Plus, we have a young front line. So the yeah. guy returning, Dustin Kershaw, senior. So we have yeah. real trouble with mobile quarterbacks.
1: But the and thing is, I think we've got an ad- also, what we're kind of skewing toward, this is our fastest linebacking core since 2000 with Josh Horn. Though. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Greg Jones leading the way. You've got, you know, Brennan Denson and, you Eric know, Gordon. Eric Gordon. Whoever we're going to put on the outside, you know, it doesn't really matter. Adam Decker. At, you know, yeah, Adam Decker. And then we got Ryan Allison, too. Yep. You know, so those guys, they're our fastest linebackers since, I'd say, we since and 2000. Our,
2: our DBs are definitely improved. I mean, Otis Wiley's sitting back there. He's the captain of the defense at strong safety. I mean, one of the safeties. So yeah, Kendall
3: Davis-Clark moved to free safety. Yes. He used to be a corner. Exactly.
2: He's learning He's learning a new position, but things are looking pretty good. He sh- He might get the start on Saturday. Then the surprise this year is Chris L. Rucker. Yeah, Chris gotta, L. Got to mid- get the middle the initial correct Yeah. He, he started the season last year and started this spring as a wideout, He switched to corner. You'll remember he had retina problems. He had a detached retina in his eye, and he had to have surgery, and he was taken out. He's back. He's healthy, and he's just been on fire. D'Antonio cannot say bad things
1: about him right now. He will probably be our starter. Him and Ross Weaver, I think, are going to anchor the corners there, Um, and then plus Otis Wiley, the senior leadership there. You know, I think the defense. Everyone's saying, you know, we need to replace, you know, General Saint Nick and Irvin Baldwin, which is true. Those guys, you know, on the front line. But I look at our linebacking core and I look at our, you know, defensive backfield, and we're stronger there. Yeah, definitely.
2: Now the other thing is, the surprising thing: only five starters returning for Cal. I'm looking on here. The quarterback, fullback, center, guard, and tackle are who's coming back. They have zero skill positions coming back on offense. That, I mean, I'm sure that they can recruit out there well. I mean, they've got to compete with USC and UCLA. But I'm sure that they they are able to field good freshmen. But that looks good for us.
3: But I'm, it's at Cal. It's
2: at so, Cal. I don't care. Know. Spartans win it. They bring it home. We start off the season 1-0. and I'm, I'm not going to throw out numbers because... Things don't go well when I do that. Are you guaranteeing a victory? I am not. I am just confident. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee
3: a victory. I'm going to say the ringer gets the ball about 34 times, 200 yards, maybe three Jeez. scores, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we still lose the game.
2: Okay. I'm guessing. I'll I'll put out some numbers. Score will be in the 20s. I'll I'll say 28-24. There. Put out some numbers. We are we have to wrap it up here. We have Chris back in here. For the Jazz Spectrum following us, thank you all for tuning in. We will be back next week at 7 o'clock for everybody here. Cal Post Game Talk. Exactly. My name is Scott. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the
1: Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure.
3: Tune
0: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
1: Here and only here on Impact 89FM.